Welcome to the House on Fire podcast. Our aim is to light a fire for Jesus in the homes of those who listen through encouragement and equipping. Let's partner together to advance the gospel in the next generation. I am your host, Lucas Jackson, and I am passionate about seeing more people on fire for Jesus. When you listen to the House on Fire podcast, you'll hear from people you can rub shoulders with every week at Bethel Church, because all of our guests are from our church family. These are people striving to love God, love others, and to serve the world. Today we have Abby on the podcast with us. Abby, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Glad Excited. you're glad you're here. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, just as we kind of dive on in uh, today, just tell us a little bit about yourself and about uh, about your household. Yeah. So my name is Abby Saylor. I recently got married. So my household currently is me and my husband. Um, And my immediate family is from Iowa and I moved up here for school. I go to NDSU and then my, yeah, my husband's family lives in Fargo. So we have a larger family now in, in the area. Yeah. And, uh, so you're in school getting Mm -hmm. your master's, right? I'm in my Master's program. And what's the the degree going to be in? The degree will be in mechanical engineering with the intention of education focus. Yeah. So you want to teach that? Yep. Like uh, middle school, high school, college? Any. Any? I'll hopefully have the credentials to teach all of them. Yeah. Awesome. No, that's great. And what's Paul do for for work? Paul works at Applied Engineering in town and does some contracting for other smaller firms. And he's only been in that position a few weeks, right? Yeah, he just okay. started a couple of weeks ago. And he went to NDSU as well? Yep, for okay. mechanical engineering. And so. that's where you guys met? Well, right? we, we met through crew at NDSU. Okay. And then right. he started giving me rides to church, and we oh. got to know each other through that. Now I've got questions for your husband. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So you bo- did you guys both serve in crew all four years, like undergrad? Mm-hmm. But he's four years older than me, so he was a senior when I was a freshman. Okay, so there was a slight overlap for your time in crew. Yep. Okay, and for those who don't know or not familiar with what crew is, what is that? Crew is an interdenominational campus organization that um, is passionate about connecting students to Jesus. So that looks a lot like evangelism on campus, creating opportunities for students to connect with the Lord. Yeah, good deal. Awesome. And what uh, worship service do you and your husband normally attend on a Sunday morning? So if somebody were to rub shoulders with you, they know where to find you. So you'll probably catch us at both most weekends because yeah. um, Paul is on stage fairly often playing the guitar and I am in kids ministry or around, but yeah. we normally attend this 1045. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, what areas do you guys serve in? You mentioned a little bit. So Paul serves on the worship team, plays, uh, is it, well, I was going to say guitar, but there's a difference between electric and acoustic. He plays both electric and acoustic. Okay. And that's kind of his area Mm -hmm. that he serves in. And you mentioned kids ministry. I do fifth grade on Sundays most of the time. And then I've started producing with the tech team as well. Awesome. Awesome. Good deal. Good deal. And what life group are you and your husband involved in? We're involved in the Bethel Young Adults group. Yeah. It's Functions a little bit more like a student's ministry than a just one life group, but sure. it's good. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the conversation we're going to talk about today is missions, the impact and blessing of seeing God at work in the world. And you've been on a few missions experiences before, and yeah. missions is a, a high value for you. And so um, when did missions become important to you specifically? Um, I guess that's a hard question a little bit to under to unpack for me because it started to become important as I started continue to follow Christ. Okay. And especially as I d- dove into that more when I chose to follow him like with all my heart at the end of high school. So it kind of it missions trips specifically started to become more a part of my life um through college because crew focuses a lot on outreach. Yeah. So, so you went on like a first missions experience or something like as a senior in high school? Uh, I served at a camp, a 
okay. Christian camp. And that was kind of more of an outreach type of ministry that I jumped into. Okay. Um, but starting to understand like, oh, this is something that Jesus says and like calls us into, but also walks with us in. And so serving people with the heart of leading them closer to Jesus as for non-believers and believers as well. Yeah. So then you get involved in, you know, in crew and you're in college NDSU and mm-hmm. then you go on your first missions experience with, with crew. Where'd you guys go yeah. and what'd you guys do? Crew had a campaign in the fall of 2022, no, 2021. Yeah. Fall 2021 okay. um, to go to the Middle East, an undisclosed location in the Middle East that was having a specific event um, that a lot of people would be around and we yeah. would have an opportunity to meet a lot of people. Yeah. So they, s- several college campuses went, but we went for a week and got to experience a lot of the culture, meet specifically college students in that area of the world and then talk to random people from all over the world who were at this event. Yeah. So. And for those listening, there's a reason Abby's being very generic with the location yeah. And lack thereof. So for anybody wondering, like, why is Abby not telling us the details? It's because we're not privy to those details. So yeah. for good reason. It's just to protect the people that yeah. we're interacting with because it's illegal to be a Christian there. Yep. So Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So so you went there. So uh, did you do that multiple times or did you have other experiences throughout I your only, college? I only did that once. And then I started to see, a, I don't know, a trend in my direction towards including and inviting my classmates into a relationship with Christ and using my place and position as a, as an engineer in like serving people and connecting with people over that. Um, So I kind of, I looked into other missions opportunities for using engineering in um, like being placed overseas or, or what, wherever. Um, and I got connected with an opportunity in Bosnia. And so I did a whole like two, two and a half months, um, internship in Bosnia. So I got to experience a little bit of, it was more like logistics of a nonprofit, but, (laughs) um, and so the nonprofit taught English and worked with students and families in the town but they also had a lot of um interesting connections with engineering and specifically the kind of engineering that i do which is plastics that's awesome (laughs) so (laughs) yeah it was a really cool connection and a, a point that started to open my eyes a lot more to how people interact with the world why they believe what they might believe um, cause Bosnia is very culturally Muslim. Um, and yeah, my friends didn't always know exactly what they believed. And so, yeah, no, that's awesome. That's, that's super, super cool. What does missions mean to you and how has it disrupted your life? Um, so missions looking at just the dictionary definition, it's an assignment. Um, so I, as a student, I have a lot of assignments. Yes. Um, and I started to like reading the Great Commission and um, seeing what Jesus thought about inviting people of all backgrounds and um, into relationship and how he does that um, made me a lot more interested and I guess intrigued to discover more what missions mean. Um, and it, it it to me means like following and following orders from the person that's leading us, which yeah. is Jesus. And, um, but being supported by him too, like he, he will be with us always. That's a promise as well. Yeah. Um, and how has it disrupted my life in, in a lot of ways, like an engineering student should have an internship in a company uh, if they want to be successful in a company, their third summer of school then they should get that internship and then continue working with them part-time through the year and then get a full-time job with that company it's very normal like path and it's not a bad thing it's really what my dad um and mom eh, wanted me to do originally it's just like hey it's wise it's smart this is how how it works well um so logically made sense 
So I actually um, applied for that, an, an engineering internship with missions my second summer. Okay. With a full intention that I would do that and then get, you know, follow the normal path beyond that. And it didn't happen. <laughs> so I was like, hmm, now I have a decision to make. Am I going to still follow this nudge or yeah. not? Um, and I, yeah, I still felt pretty strong that I should follow that nudge. And it led me to a really good experience of, yeah, to experience the Lord in a deeper way too. Yeah. But no, that's awesome. Do you, would you have done it differently? Not that, I mean, in some I, sense, I that's not a good have, question because yeah. you can't really go back. So it doesn't really matter, yeah. I guess, the Lord's doing what he's doing. But yeah, I don't think I would have done it differently. Obviously, like it, I've, cha- I've changed and I am who I am because of the experiences that I've had. So yeah. in that sense, no. But I, there's definitely like as I was looking looking for jobs or trying to see what was next, like it was kind of hard to rectify and communicate to employers that hey i have a cool experience so they weren't super interested in that and so it was a little like okay well what's my purpose that you know i'm just discouraging in a sense because i wasn't the perfect engineer quote unquote but yeah for sure so would you say in a sense by going on the that missions experience that it from a from a humanistic perspective it kind of cost you your the the uh steps in the process Mm-hmm. And that could probably cost you from potentially getting the job that you could have had. I I do think that okay. that was a a sacrifice from it for sure. And do you does that like is that I mean it, maybe it was harder then maybe than mm-hmm. it is now but has that is there like maybe some bitterness or just like discouragement in that you know? Yeah, it's I but as I analyze any of that discouragement or frustration, it's all rooted in people pleasing and, and a desire to like live up to the expectations of other people. For sure. So I kind of dismiss it yeah. <laughs> eventually, but yeah, yeah it's definitely dis- disappointing in a sense, but yeah, you don't put as much weight into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, that would be, uh, not, not everybody's going to make that decision. Mm-mm. And so that's, yeah, it's fascinating. Can you uh, give us an example of why missions, uh, matters to God in the scripture? I mean, one of, you know, there's there's tons of passages that we could look at. I mean, we could spend yeah. hours upon hours just reading the passages that would emphasize the importance of missions. But maybe you want to lean in on on one that would be super helpful for our listeners, just as they are contemplating missions and okay, the conversation at hand and and what's the biblical mandate that God would have for us when it comes to to missions specifically, um, in the context of as a believer in the context of church. Um, you know, you had. Uh, most of your experiences were in college mm-hmm. and so would love for us to lean in with that a little bit here. Yeah, I I think the the scriptural themes or points that I started to think about more is like um, when Jesus invites Gentiles into um, relationship with him and the Jewish leaders are really angry and mm-hmm. frustrated at that. I think that's was a really convicting part for me because I'm like, okay, yeah, who am I to decide who deserves and doesn't? Um, It's not my job, but sometimes I think that I have that control or something like that. Um, So looking at at Romans when like to the Gentiles or to the nations is often a a word that's used there. Um, I, yeah, I see just a clear um, consistency in God's character to have a chosen people and a chosen nation um, be the Israelites until Jesus. And then it was all, all of the, his chosen people. And we're, we're here to like follow the spirits leading and invite people of all backgrounds and diverse experiences into um, a relationship with Christ. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a great way to look at it because there's, the the nation of Israel in the Old Testament was supposed to be a light to the nations. Mm-hmm. That, that's why, and God even says, "Hey, I didn't choose you because you guys were great. Yeah. You know, I chose you as so that you would be obedient and yet be an example to mm-hmm. the lost." And and then you know, for uh, referencing the Jewish people in the New Testament and now the church, and so mm-hmm. this is a biblical mandate for believers throughout. I mean, the creation of the world. Yeah. Um, and it's fascinating to me. I think sometimes some people can get a little bit. 
where they think they, they're a little higher on the totem pole mm-hmm. than they should be, so to speak. And yet God has created everybody in his image and yeah. would call the church to uh, go about evangelizing, sharing our faith. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, that that means everybody. Yeah. So, so it's, uh, yeah, no, I appreciate that very much. Is And uh, it's maybe weird to ask the question this way, but uh, simplicity, I think, sometimes brings clarity. So is missions a biblical mandate for the church and for us as believers? And if so, why? Yeah. Um, I mean, I I do think so. As I mentioned, it's an assignment, right? A a mission is something that you're given or, um, yeah, an assignment. And uh, to me, it's an honor. Like, when I look at that, it's an honor that Jesus would, give that assignment to yeah. us right yeah. um and so i i definitely can see that mandate in the great commission um and you know mission's part of that word <laughs> yes it is but it's a co-mission too and mm. so that mandate isn't just like the, a burden or a heavy weight that we have to bear yeah. um it's a it should be a joy to stand with jesus our lord and savior and yeah. um yeah, drawing people to him. Um, yeah, that is. yeah, for sure. No, absolutely. I I definitely agree. Why why should missions be a priority in our church? And, you know, and maybe even and then we can maybe lean in on maybe even why should it even be a priority and not exclude kids or students? Mm-hmm. You know, like when I say church, I mean every little little you know think of the Coonley's little baby, Henry, you mm-hmm. know, who's like a few months old all the way till, you know, however seasoned of an adult you are. So I, I include everybody when I say church. And mm-hmm. so um, why should missions be a priority for us as a church? Yeah, I think, well, the church is the body of Christ and yeah. we're the people that are reaching and that's the assignment that we're given. Sure. Um, and so as a church, I, yeah, looking at both like local missions and, global missions all alike it's all rooted in inviting people and reaching out to people um into a life-giving relationship and so yeah it should be a priority because jesus said so <laughs> because he he's in, he's saved us and invited yeah. us and so why would we just sit um idle and not not do anything with that i don't know yeah for sure um and student ministry, so the other area that I serve that I didn't mention is that I, I, uh, I'm honored to lead the 11th and 12th grade girls. And so I've got to walk with at least the 11th graders for a couple of years. And um, I think students are at an age where they're starting to figure out um, where their where their faith lies and put put together all the pieces from the things that their parents have taught them that they've grown up going to church or not yeah. um, their perspective on on the world and I don't know this does kind of carry over into any adults too but um, so as a, in student ministry like we're equipping students to stand firm on their faith when it's tested yeah. in any season that could be in high school that could be out of it whatever. Um, and I have seen great, like immense growth in my own walk with Christ by watching other people, um, start to come to know him or right. Start to discover this love, this new, new hope. Yeah. So. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. And I mean, have you, uh, maybe what's been one of the cool things that you've seen on a missions experience that has just been life altering or just super impactful for you like the, the work of god maybe through you or somebody else like mm-hmm. maybe let's let's think about a, maybe a couple of those are yeah that has been helpful um for you because i i think a, a unique thing about missions experiences um and maybe i should address the fact there are some people who would think that you know mission trips and experiences there's a waste of time and money and i think there are some that could be um potentially i don't know um, but I think it, mm-hmm. it's a great way to help students and other people realize like, okay, the gospel's bigger than Bethel church or Fargo or Moorhead. Mm-hmm. Like it, there, I'm not at all of the opinion that doing mission trips is, is not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and we should just send money at times. Sure. I think we should do that. Yeah. But, um, but 
my first missions experience totally radically changed my mind. And I went to seminary because I thought I was going to be a missionary overseas. Mm -hmm. So it, it just, uh, missions is just as defined me. And, uh, I mean, Jesus had defined me, but yet the desire for missions mm -hmm. and what I see in scripture and that what the church can do has really just defined a lot of who I am. And so what have been some of those cool things that you've seen on missions experiences that have just been, just been cool to, to have a front row seat to see? Yeah. Um, I'll, point out from the different ones so going to um the middle east i got to talk to two college-aged students um that were kind of just yeah curious about our faith as well as wanting to share about their own yeah and um that impacted me a lot because um you see like how someone grows up, how the environment that we are all placed in like yeah. drastically affects the way that we look at the world yeah. and the way that we're able to relate with others or yeah. Um, so like I was in that conversation able to go through the gospel and it didn't make any altering changes like right then and there, obviously, but yeah. um, just watching her specifically like encounter that and be like, I had a very different impression of this because of w what my parents said or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Made me start to be like, Oh, okay. So some of these people like they haven't heard a true, the true gospel. They yeah. just have like an understanding from as, as the enemy and, and whatever. So um, that was really humbling. Right. <laughs> so and was it humbling, and, and you correct me for a moment, but I'm assuming because of your experience, maybe there's a sense of like, well, sure, surely you've heard, the, everybody's heard the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. But that's not a true no. statement mm -mm. that not everybody has heard about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And there'd be many places all over the world where, man, I don't, like, they may not even have the word, you know, Jesus in their language even mm -hmm. yet. And so it's, it's not, it is a, I think it's appropriate to say it's a falsehood that everybody on the planet has heard the name of Christ. Yeah. And so, so is that kind of what you were thinking because of your shared experience? Like, well, I've heard about Jesus my whole yeah. life. Surely you right. have. Or heard the right perspective anyway. Cause like, for sure. Yeah. Especially in Islam, right? They have Jesus. They do. And yes. It's a different perspective. So <laughs> you, you got to think about that, but yeah. And they um, would say that Jesus was just a, a prophet, a prophet yeah. like a good man a, who did good things, mm -hmm. but not that he was the son of God. Actually, they wouldn't, yeah. I don't think use that phrase at all that he was the son of no. God. That would be blasphemy. Um, through my <laughs> Chicago training this summer on our uh, missions experience yeah. with our students, we got to learn a lot about that stuff. Yeah. And, yep. And just understanding different cultures and perspectives and being like, you know, op open mind, open eyes to what other people are walking through and the fact that they might not understand something that you like do you know but yeah no absolutely well it makes me think i was bringing we have a foreign exchange student live with us and i was taking him to the bus stop or whatever mm -hmm. this morning and he asked a question his mom's coming to town to, they're gonna hang out a little bit and stuff and mm -hmm. and he goes hey is this is this expressway this how is it free and i was like well yeah this one is but not all highways are free and and, and i didn't think about this laugh the fact i need to lean in and ask him but my assumption is like well maybe he's never been in a place where you got to pay to drive on a road mm-hmm and so in my mind, so for me, I, I, in my mind, I was thinking, well, for me, that's kind of normative. Like, be, mm -hmm. you know, from Austin or go to Chicago, like anywhere you just, you're going to be in places where you're going to pay. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, I was, and I, I need to ask him this later today, but I was thinking, I wonder if he's thinking that's crazy. You Americans, you got to pay to drive on a road like mm -hmm. that. Cause maybe, and I don't know, this is my, yeah. me just creating this narrative, but I'm like, in his mind, potentially he may be thinking, well, that's crazy. I would never have to do that. Mm-hmm. Or that that would just be outlandish. It would it wouldn't be an experience that he would it would be familiar with. And I think oftentimes mm -hmm. we can make assumptions about other people or other people groups or wherever they grew up and, and their dynamics are different and unique and they don't have mm -hmm. the same mindset. And so it's it's important to make sure to ask lots of questions, I guess is what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Go go deeper, make connections. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, for sure. Uh, any other specific cool things you'd like to share about missions experiences yeah. that you've been a part of? Um, I I think there's kind of a stigma. Like I had a 
a student that I was discipling through crew that was really felt like she should go on a mission trip. And there was one crew does some beach evangelism ones in the summer. Um, and so there was one that she was like, I'm, I'm going to go, or I'm pretty sure I'm going to go, but my parents really do not want me to, because they don't think like there's the outcome of it is going to be good or viable. Like, will you truly, will you see anyone come to Jesus? Mm -hmm. Cause like, I doubt it. Um, and so I was kind of walking with her through that and I, and started to become clear that most of the time the effects that you see on, on and from mission trips is in your own heart, right? You're going to see yeah. um, a deeper understanding of Jesus's heart for people or yeah, a wide, wide range of things can, ha- can happen and yeah. can see that change in your heart and, gaining a perspective for the, how the gospel is being moving through another area of the world is something that I saw a lot in like Bosnia in the Middle East. And I also went to Chicago to serve with the inner city, but yeah, it is. I think, of, uh, you know, we had our, our missions experience this past summer to Chicago and the, the Vaughn area, which is like little India mm-hmm. and we're coming back and, you know, and one of our students is like, you know, Guys, I, I don't think our student ministry is is we, we're not as connected as we should be. Mm. <laughs> we're we're not as we need to get after it here. I mean, mm-hmm. that was my phrasing, but he was leaning in and saying, "Hey, like, man, we're going out and doing prayer walks and yeah. walking them to. Hey, what's your name? This is my name. Hey, you know, we're just out mm-hmm. working with this organization just to tell people about Jesus, and you know, we're doing a little get together in the park. We'd love to have you. And and so by doing that. His eyes are open to the fact that, like, hey, there, you can do these things. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's not going to kill you. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, you're you're going to survive, you know, and it's going to be okay. And so he, by him coming back in this text thread that's been going on since June or whatever. Um, and so he's like, he's the one that's kind of pushing guys, mm-hmm. you know, we got to be more involved. We got to, you know, man, we need to see those in our youth spaces yeah. that are that are by themselves. Mm-hmm. Like there shouldn't be nobody sitting by themselves. And I'm like, man, you preach it, homie. Like it's what, that's what I'm saying every day. Yeah. And so now this experience helped fuel this fire in him, right? And and we may never fully see the effects of all that, but I think oftentimes, um, I was talking with a married couple this past week. When it comes to to reconciliation, mm-hmm. our job is to to say, hey, th- this is you know. Uh, this is w- what you said and this is how it hurt me yeah. or whatever. And then it's, it's their job to respond or, Hey, I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. Like, but we can't control their response. Yeah. So with missions, our job is to be obedient mm-hmm. and to do what God, yeah. God calls us to do. And it's God's job to produce the fruit that he wants to do. And so, so that is, I say that mm-hmm. out loud. That doesn't necessarily make me feel better, but, but yeah. it keeps me in my lane knowing what my job is to be obedient mm-hmm. and, and God's job is to produce the fruit and to genuinely save people. And yeah. then it's back to my job of then, you know, helping disciple that person, help them to understand mm-hmm. more of what it means to follow Christ. And so our job is yeah. to be obedient. Yeah, definitely. So uh, cost is always a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we're the richest place on the planet, it seems like, in the, in the States. I actually have no idea if that's really how it is. That's just what I hear everybody say. Yeah. Nonetheless, <laughs> we got money, um, at least the majority of us. And so, you know, the, the cost. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe speak in that a little bit. because, th- yeah. And not only just the cost, but and maybe we can lean a little bit more with obstacles that may be uh, barriers of why people may not go on yeah. an experience of some sort. So lean in a little bit on the cost and, and what advice would you give to others about that? Yeah. So thinking about the cost and like, if, especially in that lens of other obstacles, an obstacle that um, at least my parents had on going to Bosnia, <laughs> um, Bosnia is in Eastern Europe. And so it's not like potential, it could have not been the most safe yeah. <laughs> environment. Right. Um, we were completely safe in terms of any war things but um i think that's often uh like we really value our comfort and our safety and just a hundred percent knowing that we won't be in any danger and that's something that i think is maybe even bred into us as like sheep right (laughs) sheep highly value their comfort and safety right yes that is a great way to put it so i agree it's not necessarily a bad thing but then you look at when jesus asks his followers to count the cost um 
the point of counting that cost is realizing that we won't ever be able to pay it. He did any, like he did anyway. And, and so, um, taking a leap of faith, knowing that cost is what he's asking. Um, and so then look at monetary costs specifically, um, especially as a college student and in an environment of college students going on missions, um, you see a lot of people stepping into a support raising or ministry partner development season in preparing for a, a mission trip, uh, which I saw a lot of growth in um, personally because you're sitting down with people, you're calling people, you're sending letters, um, inviting them in to partnering with you in prayer and to care for the needs that you have. And so it's a humbling experience. It's a chance to sit down with people and talk about hard things, which prepares you for evangelism, right? You're sitting down with people and talking about hard things. Um, And yeah, I saw a lot of growth. I watched Paul walk through two seasons of ministry partner development. Paul is my husband. If I didn't clarify, yeah, earlier, yeah. Define ministry partner development. So uh, the other phrase was support raising. Yeah. So that could be face to face meetings, sharing Mm -hmm. about what you're doing, and then inviting people to pray for and give financially. Yeah. And that could be sending letters Mm -hmm. as well to friends and family, that kind of stuff. Yep. I guess it could be text messages. I get a lot of text messages, so I guess it could Mm -hmm. be a text. I guess. Yeah. It's communicating about. your heart for the ministry that you're stepping into or intending to step into, why God is calling you there. What are the things that you are nervous about so that people can be praying for them? Like it, it's more of a holistic, like I'm inviting you into my life and into this experience in a very special way. For sure. So uh, that'd be the support raising side. The other, what's the phrase again you said? Ministry partner development. What does that mean? So like, I kind of mentioned this holistic idea okay. where it's um, kind of trying to uh, it, you're inviting a person into the service or the missions opportunity um, financially, prayerfully, and then you're keeping them in the loop, right? Yeah. And so like when I went to Bosnia, my ministry partners were getting emails and are able to email me weekly yeah. um, and asking questions and praying and, I'm in, inter, interfacing with them more than just like, thanks for your money and yeah. bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Which is a way that you can partner with missions and be a really good, vital member um, and yeah, kind of fulfill that great commission in a sense too, is like you are part of what God's doing over there, over there, here, where, whatever. If you are, you know, if you're in a season or in a space where you are unable to go, per se. But. Yeah. So it's a it, maybe it's a better phrasing that emphasizes the holistic aspect of, and not just the fundraising component, mm-hmm. which is probably the the aspect we think about it the most when we think yeah. about support raising, because that's probably a generic term that's used often for that process. Yeah, because I mean, when you think about it especially in public school systems. Like I grew up in a public school system. We had like three fundraisers a year. Yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. um, where like my sister and I would walk to every neighbor and be like, <laughs> would you like to buy knives? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, Sorry. Yeah, I you're can, good. I've bought so much stuff from students. I'm like, how in the world have I, anyway, sorry. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I get it. So it's something that we've done a lot and we continue to do. So, Um, you know, all the more, why wouldn't we want to be generous in our finances for other people? And then when I think about costs for like myself and you talked about how we spend our vacation days, maybe, um, is like having a heart and a mindset to, to tithe money into a, a missions fund. For yeah. other people, for yourself, um, where this is all going for what the Lord is doing around us specifically that we feel a nudge to yeah. be a part of. Yeah. One of the best, my father-in-law says a lot of great phrases. I just steal them from him because mm-hmm. they're so good and I don't feel the need to reinvent <laughs> the wheel, but he says something along the lines, you know, we never owned a second house. Yeah. We never owned a boat. You know, we never owned, you know, whatever, whatever extra thing. Mm-hmm. That you could park in a garage that cost thousands of dollars, but he says my daughters have seen the world multiple times. Mm-hmm. 
And so, and I remember my first missions experience, I'm like, man, it rocked my world. Mm -hmm. Like I just, I'm like, man, I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I had no idea what the Lord was doing all over the world. And so, so there is a component to where we need to process through what does it look like to save some days up, vacation Mm -hmm. days, or even, okay, like maybe we don't purchase certain things so we can save up money for missions experiences. Like I do think there is a responsibility on our part to Mm -hmm. do what we can, um, but maybe lean into this a little bit because I think some people, it, I guess in my understanding of the culture that I'm in, we have a hard time understanding what something free is. Because mm-hmm. every time I've been like, someone's asked the cost for something. I'm like, no, 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 it's free. Like, yeah, I get it. I get it. But how much do I owe you? And I'm like, no, that that's mm-hmm. not how this. And then I feel this need to give a little mini sermon about like. About grace. <laughs> th- th- this, it's free. Mm-hmm. Like that. So you can't pay me for it. Actually, now I'm offended. You want to pay for it. Just mm-hmm. so anyway, so maybe lean in a little bit on because there's people, I think we in, in our culture, I'm speaking for the American culture, anyways, it's like a pride thing. Mm-hmm. Like, well, if I can't pay to go, I'm just by golly, I'm not going to ask anybody to help me or whatever. And so yeah. maybe lean in on a little bit on that just to just to encourage those who may be in that particular boat when it comes to potentially um, trying to grab other people to help send them out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's scary to ask for sure. Yeah. Um, but again, I think that relying on the spirit to give you boldness in those conversations, yeah. again, prepares you for boldness in conversations and knowing what it feels like to be like, I don't know what to say here. I don't, I'm scared, but yeah. And you just, you're also opening a large space to watch the Lord work in big ways, yeah. right? Um, when I was support raising for Bosnia, I... Got to the end. I finished and I hit the deadlines or whatever. I was a little late on the plane ticket deadline, but we figured it out. God worked in that. Um, and But I got to the end and I was like, I had somebody else ask me, hey, I would love to jump in onto your team. And I was like, well, I don't have any extra. Um, I'm, I'm done. And she was like, but I'm still going to help. What's your rent for the summer? Cause I was paying rent for yeah. it and, um, and that was an immense blessing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and how would she like, how would she know that I was going intending to pay double rent? Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> or, or whatever. But yeah. Uh, an elder here, Joe good often says, man, like you don't know unless you ask. Mm-hmm. And if you ask, you, you may be blown away by the response that people are going to give. So mm-hmm. you should probably ask. Yeah. And if they say no, then they say no. You know, it's all good. Like, mm-hmm. so I just uh, don't say no for other people. Let let them tell you no. And so yeah. just presenting the ask, I think, is is helpful. And and yeah, as as you're praying through the process, like I I also saw God work a lot in my heart in the hearts of those around me. So I mentioned the cost of safety and my parents being concerned about that. Yeah. Um, they like I was flying out or soon yeah in the week that I was flying out. Um, my mom just like shared that she was really at peace with it. Yeah, and just like. I would never have guessed. Like I was just prepared to go without her being yeah. at peace and whatever, and just seeing God completely soften her heart and um, make her eager to pray for me and to talk to me and see see what I was up to or whatever. It was just um, a big blessing too. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Where should a person start if they're learning about missions for the first time and they're like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested. What what should I do? Where do I go from here per se? Yeah. I mean, so I'm an engineer, so I end up kind of jumping into the immediate logistical problem solving. Um, But it kind of just understand why you are into, like, what are you interested in Um, first? So if you're like, I just want to experience it for a little bit. I just want to see what God's doing in another part of the world or of the country. Um, And then there are multiple organizations but I would start with your church and see what your church is up to and how you can be involved in your church and what they're doing. Yeah. Um, and then you can be on that. You can be like, Hmm, I want, I, I think I'm ready to give up my whole summer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and look into, do I, do I want to be able to do my profession somewhere else? Um, you know, building houses in Honduras as a, a group in our church does 
right? They they get to use their talents and gifts that God's allowed them to grow over their lifetime, yeah. and they get to use them to bless other people. So do I do I want to use those? Do I want to intentionally follow those sorts of business tent making ministry, kind of like the Apostle Paul does? Yeah. Um, or am I like am I gifted with kids? And oh, there here's a missions opportunity that is serving kids all day every day. Okay, sounds good. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I mean, you know, Pastor Gary kind of oversees missions here at, mm-hmm. at Bethel, and and I know he's trying to put some thought process into opportunities for families. Yeah. And you know, uh, group went to Honduras last mm-hmm. spring break, yep. I, th- I believe. And actually, if I remember correctly. Ryan, who's kind of on that missions uh, commission, I think that was like the first ex- like trip that we've had post COVID. They went the year prior to the year prior. So, okay, mm-hmm. okay. So, so that's kind of revamping up, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, trying to we're trying to get back in the rhythm and, as the world is open back up and all that stuff, which has been good. And um, is it is it uh, is it wrong to maybe lean in on the potential trip that you you've got going on that we may want to let the world know about? Is that is this an okay time, or do we want to hold off on that one? I, I mean, I haven't talked to the missions council yet, so <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't either, but uh, I mean, I think sure. it's okay to mention it. Yeah, I. So I, I mentioned that I had gone to Bosnia. Um, my job as an intern for the summer was partnering with their camps for kids, and the way that they do their ministry is. Um, like inviting kids and teens into a camp and connecting with the parents outside of the camp throughout the weeks of those. Um, and I like, I have my older high school girls that are starting to be eager to serve and love oh, yes. um, people around them. So I was like, here's something I want to challenge them to do. Um, not just the girls, but the guys too. So intending to bring a group of high school students to Bosnia for yeah. two weeks next summer. And I believe we're looking at June 15th or June 29th. It's a two week period. Yeah. June 17th. Yeah. 15th to the 29th. Yeah. Cause it would that include the travel days mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, yeah. and really the heart behind that, it, I mean, you talked to me about it and I was like, well, I mean, if I had to dictate what we as a church do, I'd be mm-hmm. like, yeah, if we can get 52 missions experiences, you know, if we can get one going on every week, mm-hmm. like you know, forever, which I don't know if we ever get to that yeah. point. But um, so basically we're kind of putting feelers out to see if we can get a handful of people who'd be interested in going because it'd be, it's a two week experience. Yeah, two weeks, it's a English camp. So it's yeah. like basically like VBS here, but yeah. without um, Jesus songs. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And so in, allow like if we have 10 students plus me and Paul probably um then they can invite almost 50 other kids to be part of the camp otherwise they don't have enough space or people to for sure and so that allows them to connect with more parents and more people in the community yeah um so it's a cool opportunity for us to serve in a logistical way and then it's you know it's three or four hours of the day that that camp is running and the rest of it is what we call chafe in bosnian and i'm intrigued lean in here i'm I'm curious so they they have that word for basically just chilling with your friends um and so uh, multiple times while i was there we would just like go to a coffee shop and sit for four hours and talk (laughs) We don't do that in America and it uh-uh. would, no. I, yeah, it was just a really cool opportunity to get to know somebody. And so I would love to invite students into a low, slower pace of life. Yeah. Um, and this is relational culture and yep. So that's yeah. the intention right now. Yeah. So we are, you know, kind of on the hunt a little bit. We are chatting with the missions commission here mm-hmm. soon or whenever we get around to it. Yeah. So I, I emailed it. I um, emailed Gary. <laughs> email Gary. So, mm-hmm. um, and re, I mean, and, and, and my, and for me, when somebody comes up to me, is like, Hey Lucas, I'd like to lead a missions experience. I mean, the answer is almost always like, yeah, you do. And how do I help make that happen? Mm-hmm. And so, so if you are interested be upper classmen, um, yeah, like junior high seniors, yeah. maybe and, 10th graders and okay. then beyond if someone's like, I really want to go too. For sure. Great. So it could be a college student. It could be an adult, mm-hmm. you know, any of that kind of stuff. So it would be a, a pretty cool, unique experience and to be a mm-hmm. part of. And so, 
Um, if you are interested and you're listening, you can reach out to us. I'll, I'll make sure to put my email in the show notes and that way sure. somebody can email in. Yeah. Um, even though most half the world probably has my cell phone. So either way, you can get in touch with us here at Bethel Church and uh, we'll, we'll see if we can add yeah. you to that team. So yeah. Um, does location matter when it comes to going out on missions, mm-hmm. or missions experiences or mission trips? I prefer missions experiences better, more so than trips for yeah. whatever reason. Nonetheless, yeah. it's semantics. Yeah. But does, does location really matter when it comes to being sent out by God on this mission to do a certain thing? Yeah. So location. So one thing uh, I was processing maybe a couple of years ago was like um, God in bringing you on a mission experience um, is drawing you closer to himself, not to a place. Um, yeah. And so in a sense, no, what matters is the heart behind it. And so if, if you feel a strong nudge that God is like, go to Bosnia <laughs> and yeah. serve those people there. And you say, no, I'm more comfortable and I'm involved here. Yeah. Then I think that's, that that's where, where it matters. Right. Yeah. Is is being wholly surrendered to the Holy spirit and saying, that's right. yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go where he's leading me. Um, but no, there's plenty of mission here. So, um, yeah, and in Chicago, and in, yeah, there's so so much things <laughs> that sure. God is doing, and um, he, he'll he may ask you to be a part of it, yeah, in however whatever capacity. So, and there could be some that would be like, well, why would I go to Bosnia when you know my neighbor across the street needs to be served. I think it's a fair question. Mm-hmm. I don't think it negates the fact that we should be influencing nations all over the world. I, yeah. I don't I don't think that's justification enough for us to be like, hey, you're going to Bosnia or wherever. Like, ah, you should probably serve the person next to you, which that's probably true, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be going to the nations. Yeah. Um, and so what what would you say to somebody who would maybe be on that camp? Like, you know, I'm not going to go... And maybe let's say, let's assume that they are genuinely serving their neighbor because some people may not, they may say that, but they're yeah. not really. So what would you say to the person like, well, Abby or Lucas, man, I, I serve my neighbor across the street all the time. I've mm-hmm. got this great relationship. I'm doing all I can to care for them. Why should I go somewhere else to tell other people about Jesus? Yeah. Well, we see Jesus talk about in Matthew 24, um, when the end of the age will come, yeah. right? And that's after all of the people that he's calling towards himself yeah. in all of the nations are um, surrendered to him. Right. Yeah. And so that's the, I mean, that's, that's the assignment, right? <laughs> so yeah. if you feel that God is saying through the Holy Spirit's prompting, like that you need to be the one that goes to this, this country, this people, yeah. then go, like, don't, don't stay. Yeah. Don't, don't say, well, but there's other things here. I'm like, yeah, there, there is. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we are pretty church saturated in this area, so um, it's less of a wrong assumption mm-hmm. around here to say that people have heard the gospel. Yeah, a lot of people haven't heard the gospel in yeah. other places. So, and I'm fascinated. I often think like. Now, who matters more, those who don't know Jesus or those who know Jesus? And I'm like, well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> there, you no. know, I don't necessarily <laughs> There's think. There's no more. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, and I and Jesus does say, hey, I, I didn't come to to save the healthy or the sick I, mm-hmm. or, or, or the, the healthy. I came to, I'm not, I'm botching the phrase here, have to help me out maybe, but I, I came to seek and save the lost. That's not the one. It's not a doctor. Uh, it's not the healthy who need a doctor. It's the sick. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes. And so, of course, we're going to care for those who are, are healthy. Mm-hmm. Discipleship matters. Mm-hmm. All of those things. But there's a component where part of me, in my my own personal preference, this would be, be a my own pr- preference, not necessarily a biblical theological perspective mm-hmm. in a sense, but in my mind, I, have, I feel like I tell myself a little bit like, okay, I matter just a little bit less because I'm in the family of God. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is I'm saved. So at the end of the day... I'm good. I've Mm -hmm. got, I need to live for the Lord. So there's a sense where I have a sense of peace because of of my identity in Christ. And there's other people who don't have that. Mm -hmm. So that's what I mean when I say the lost matter 
just a tad bit more, but that's more of my personal well, way to communicate that, to remind myself to not get too comfortable. Yeah. Um, well, you see Jesus in the parable of the lost sheep too, yeah. and the lost coin and the lost son, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, it's just radical intentionality in reaching out for the lost. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe let's speak into just here a little bit, like the 1040 window. And maybe mm -hmm. somebody's never heard of that yeah. term. I hadn't heard about it until uh, there's a group called the Traveling Team that mobilizes people around the country. Okay. Um, that they came to crew and were you know, talked about the 1040 window. And I was like, never really heard about it. But it's the latitude 10 um, to latitude 40. Yeah north of the equator um and it's the window from like west africa to asia and and the eastern part of asia and it it's just kind of like a highlighted window on the map and i don't know the exact um statistic but it's like 99 percent of the people in that window haven't heard the gospel yeah or something like that but yeah. i don't it might not be 99 i don't know. Yeah, no, no, you're good. It's it's one of the most. It's the un uh, the most unreached uh, section on the globe, maybe mm -hmm. something along those lines. Um, and so those people don't have a lot of people, mm -hmm. or maybe anybody potentially in their community or their town yeah. who even knows who Jesus is. And I, it's kind of that way because it's one of the hardest. Yeah. It's some of the hardest countries to like be an expatriate in. Um, so it would be hard, really hard for an American to go live there. Yeah. Um, but obviously in God's will, there's always a way. Um, yeah. So you, if God's calling you to any of those people, like go. Um, but when you think about like Jesus also said, all the the nations will hate you, right? And, they, and so, even though it's hard, yeah. um, if you if you look into early missionaries and all a lot of um, different countries and things like they were um, brutally persecuted, and yeah. they went because Jesus said go. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so just to bring that up, because of the fact that there are there are plenty, I cannot remember. It's something like 6,000 people groups, something mm, like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, don't quote me on You can, I guess, Google it and probably find out. But, mm -hmm. but there, and, and not all those people groups have been reached. Yep. And like, and that doesn't mean that there's only, we're not, America is, yeah, here in, in the States, it's America, but there's multiple people groups that are represented even within America. Mm -hmm. So it's not like America's one people group really per yeah. se. And so just to bring awareness, and there's even a great... I think my father-in-law actually back in the day when I got saved at 15 and was interested in missions, Operation World was a book that mm -hmm. was put out and I actually learned on the Chicago mission trip from one of my professors at Moody this past summer who, who was there, who told me they put it into an app form, which yeah. is pretty cool. Um, and it's actually pretty awesome. I'm on it right now and I'm looking at, uh, oh, it looks like Pakistan and the app's kind of cool. It shows me that there's 1,249 people praying right now for Pakistan. Mm. Like right now all over the world, there's 1,249 people on the app right now and they're praying specifically for Pakistan. So if you're thinking like, man, missions and like I'm intrigued here, mm -hmm. like you can get this app. I mean, you can purchase the book, but, but operation world is an, an app you can get and it'll, it'll tell you a lot of the statistics and the information about each country and you know, how, how saturated it is with the gospel or, or lack thereof. So that'd be a great resource for those who are interested in missions to be able to, to utilize and to mobilize mm -hmm. um, just to learn a lot more about, about missions. Yeah. I, I, that's a good point about prayer for, so we mentioned prayer and being like a ministry partner. And so when you're looking specifically at, um, yeah, a friend of yours or a person in your life that is on a mission in a certain context, like, yes, you're praying for them. Yeah. Um, but pray that your heart would be, um, softened and open toward people around you, people in specific areas, you know, like, the Lord will highlight the people that you need to be praying for, but specifically open that space. Um, help helps a lot, right? Yeah, for sure. And in many ways, I don't know what it, what it is as we as a church uh, that give, but maybe I should have looked this up beforehand, but we give a ton of money mm -hmm. to local missions and global missions. And a big part mm -hmm. of that um, is because of God's people here at Bethel giving their tithes and offerings. And we can utilize that. I mean, yeah, it keeps... 
know, the salaries or whatever, and it keeps the lights on, all that kind of stuff. But the, yeah. but the primary heart behind tithes and offerings is for us to be able to to mobilize God's people to to expand the gospel all over yeah. the world. And so, uh, I do think it's important. And I don't say that to be because I have an agenda where I'm mm-hmm. trying to convince somebody that you know you need to get after it and sh- and give it away more. But maybe, but maybe you do. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that, that component about about the sacrificial giving of God's people, like God, man, like we utilize that to yeah. advance the gospel. Yeah. And, um, and it's just been a joy to, to see God work in that. And so, um, well, we're coming, coming to our time here at the end and I've got, um, two other questions. One, one, one's not necessarily on our list, but I want to mm-hmm. lean in here just for a moment. And I really need to do a whole episode on this, but, um, when you're going to, you know, you've been on a few missions experiences, mission trips. And so you're, you're leaning in and, and having conversations with people mm-hmm. you've never met before. Yeah. And if the Lord opens the opportunity for you to share the gospel, my assumption is you would, you would do that and you have done that. Mm-hmm. So what, what just maybe explain, like if you were going to share, if you had, you know, this five minute window yeah. and you're hanging out with somebody, you you may not have time to, <laughs> you know, you may not even open the Bible. Yeah. You may not even, you know, like, but what, what would be just a, a, you know, a way that you would express the gospel, which we can, there's a ton of ways to, mm-hmm. but how would you express the gospel if we were having a conversation at a coffee shop in Bosnia and you had a few minutes, how would you lean in and express the gospel? To that? And let, maybe let's just assume yeah. that that person f- f- for conversation's sake is like, curious and so like yeah like tell me like what, what do you mean by jesus or, or maybe whatever the yeah. question may be let's just say assume the door was open how, how would you go about communicating the gospel to them in that few minutes you had i tend to start with a context of love like what what does love mean to you and how like how have you experienced love who loves you the most in the world um and then like what if i told you that somebody loved you more than them mm-hmm. right um and we we see Jesus as is the embodiment of that because he um, died for you, right? He he sacrificed his life um, and took on your your bad, um, the ugly parts of you. Because and then you know I would ask a lot more questions about that too. But yeah. and uh, and because he did that, he's inviting you into a relationship with him that is better than any other relationship that you can have. Um, it, I've, I've experienced peace, true lasting peace that I don't have to worry or be anxious. You know, it just kind of depends on the person that you're talking to, but, um, especially, yeah, in a context like Bosnia, ask a lot of questions, um, because everyone has a different worldview. So like, Oh, you, don't have you don't feel like no anybody loves you well let me let me tell you about someone who really really does yeah. and my assumption you you use ugly parts of you or the bad parts of you mm-hmm. not because you don't that because you're not willing to use the word sin but probably because that phrasing is yeah. is probably more helpful it depends on the person right yeah. um most muslims understand sin yes yeah. a lot they understand it quite a bit like yeah we are we are gross people right and so but depends on the person um so but i've had like friends here that are like but i'm a good person yeah i'm fine like yeah yeah but you're not (laughs) so uh, here's tell me like did you lie today or yesterday or you know things like that and like um so it's a it's a processing based on the person and what they're experiencing and where the spirit is like hey ask about this for sure yeah, and and the reason I felt the need to say that because there may be some people listening, be like, "Well, Abby, you didn't mention the word sin. Like that, that's mm-hmm. that's not. You should have done that." And and I'm not and I'm not saying that you should yeah. have because I think I think there are some. And I think when I came to Christ, all I knew mm-hmm. was that that I was sinful and I was messed up. Yeah, I needed a savior. Jesus is, was the answer to that, and now I have a relationship with God. I mean, it's very simplistic. Yeah. But I didn't need to know what what true justification meant or sanctification. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't need to know all that stuff. That that post salvation, all of that stuff kind of yeah. kind of starts to flush out, mm-hmm. and we learn all yeah. that stuff. So I think I just I think there are some people that are like, well, you know, Abby, if you don't say these specific things, well, we we talk about Christianese all the time. Right? Yeah. Christianese is the language and the words that we use. The people are like, I don't actually know what that means. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. So. 
it depends on again depends on the person if you have someone that's had a church background is like i don't actually believe it yeah they'll they'll know all the words they'll know the context of it so yeah just get to know the person let the spirit point out the things that you need to ask and prompt and nudge and yeah for sure all of our evangelism conversations are taking initiative in the power of the spirit um, to share the gospel. And That's so, right. There's a reason I think that the Lord didn't give us a five step right. way. <laughs> like this is how you have to do it. Well, yeah, it's, I don't know. As an engineer, like we're often given a problem and been like, okay, figure out how to solve it. Yeah. Right. And so if we're given an assignment by Jesus, um, we don't have to figure it out because he's, he's with us always. And so, that's I don't know. That's freeing for me personally. But. For sure, for sure. Well, before before I let you go, how can we be praying for you? Um, and, you know, and you and Paul specifically. How, mm-hmm. how can for those listening and they're you know, Lord, when they would take some time here as they're listening, how can they? How can we specifically be praying for you and Paul? Yeah, I think we would both probably say that we would love prayer for um, like surrender and awe of God's holiness um, and letting being filled with the spirit in all aspects of life. It's very hard to jump from work to school to activities to church things like, and, and not, and, and say, Hey, I'm good at this or I'm not good at this. So I'll rely on the spirit here, but I won't hear. So I think both of us really struggle with that sometimes and would love prayer for filling of the spirit and relying on the spirit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much, Abby, for being on the uh, podcast today and your heart for missions. I appreciate it very much. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the House on Fire podcast. Our prayer is that this podcast activates your home for Jesus. May the light of Christ burn bright through you and yours. Until next time.